You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Welcome to the final Sunday of Vision Month. Our theme this year is Be The Change. It's a uniting call for us as a church to play our part, to not be people who sit back and do nothing, to not be people who see change and wait for somebody else to do something about it, but a call for us to rise up and be the change in our world. It's part of our identity as a church, that as a church, we're called to be people who have an influence. As Christians, we're called to be people who show the light and the love of Jesus in our world. We're called to be the change. Many people have gone before us, great women and men of faith who've made a difference in their world. But in this season, we've been entrusted in our time and in our towns to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we're called to be Christ's ambassadors, to be God's representatives as though God were making his appeal through us. It's our heart, it's our vision as a church to be the change in our world. In the New Testament, we read about Jesus calling the disciples. Some of them were fishermen, some were business owners, One was a tax collector, one was possibly a politician. And Jesus met them in the reality in the middle of their world and he invited them to come and make a difference for the kingdom of God. The Bible in Mark chapter one, verse 16 says this. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. At once they left behind what they had known. At once they left behind a whole identity and chose to follow Jesus. For many of the disciples, their jobs had not only defined what they did, it defined who they were. He was Simon the fisherman. He was Matthew the tax collector. Their whole identity was wrapped up in what they did. But Jesus was inviting them to discover something greater. He was inviting them to step into the purposes that God had for them, to discover a greater purpose for their life, to help bring change for the kingdom of God. The same invitation that Jesus gave to the disciples was the same extended invitation that he gave to every one of us in Matthew chapter 28, in the Great Commission, where he said to us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, to go to all nations, to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He invited every one of us to discover a greater purpose for our lives, to be the change for the kingdom of God in our world.
Today, for the last Sunday of Vision Month, we've come up to Holy Island, to Lindis Farm on the coast of Northumberland. This is a place that is filled with history of Christian ministry. But in the midst of all the history, I want us to understand how it reflects and it connects to our story today as a church. Holy Island is a small, really remote place on the north coast of England. It's a place that multiple times a day is cut off completely from the mainland by the tide that comes in. Yet something started here and existed here for many hundreds of years that made a massive influence on the north of England. For hundreds of years, Holy Island was a place of significance for Christian ministry. The history of Christian worship goes back here over 1,400 years, built by St. Aidan originally in 635 AD, possibly made more famous by St. Cuthbert and from the Lindisfarne Gospels. Something started here and it spread out right across the north of England. This is obviously a really remote place, but it came a place of great revelation. The monks and the priests who lived here got a vision for the gospel, not that it should just be something that they kept to themselves, but something that they shared with the world around them. So although they lived in a place that was totally remote and small and cut off from the world, they went out from this place as missionaries. Much of the Northern England at the time was pagan. They didn't know about the life-changing relationship that comes from knowing God. So the monks took the gospel from here through the Lindisfarne Gospels and they spread it out across the north of England. As well as doing it by themselves, these monks realized that the mission was far greater than something they could do on their own. So here on Holy Island, they founded what we might call today a missionary training school where they recruited and they trained and they sent out missionaries right across the north of England, equipping and empowering others to make a difference in their world for the kingdom of God. As well as taking the gospel out, they set up educational schools, they set up medical centers. They helped to meet the needs of those that they were reaching with the gospel. Through their missionary journeys, through planting churches, through reaching out to their communities, they brought the change to the world around them. St. Cuthbert was certainly the most famous inhabitant of Holy Island. He was known for his incredible devotion and for his missional focus. It was said of St. Cuthbert that he would spend large periods of time in prayer and fasting that he would spend weeks, sometimes months, occasionally years in complete solitude on islands separated from everybody else so that he could focus his devotion on God. It was out of that rich devotion came his missional focus to not just keep to himself what God had done in his life, but a desperate need to be able to share that good news with the world around him. He was known for kindness, he was known for compassion, and when he was known for his great enthusiasm in preaching the gospel. In the hours that St. Cuthbert would devote to prayer, sometimes he would stay up for multiple days in his prayer and fasting. It's said that in the midnight hours to be able to stop himself from going to sleep, he would wade chest deep into the waters here off the north coast of England, just to make sure he could stay awake and he could stay persistent in his pursuit 
of God. He was so desperate to be the change in his world, but he knew that that first came from a complete devotion to God. One of the roles and one of the passions of St. Cuthbert was to take the gospel to the towns and the villages across the north of England. See, St. Cuthbert was convinced that he wasn't just supposed to deliver a message of good news, but he was meant to display that good news, to put into action the love of Christ that he was preaching to the people. You see, we've been talking for a month about being the change, but to be the change, it's more than about something that is spoken, it's about something that is shown. It's about taking the good news of the gospel that you and I have received from Jesus, the life-changing truth, the testimonies and stories that we've got of the goodness of God and not keeping it to ourselves, but realizing we're called to do something with it. We're called to go into our world and do something with the gospel. In the book of James in the New Testament, in chapter two, it says it this way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. I want us to look at a passage of scripture from Mark chapter 14. It's in the final days of Jesus' ministry, just before the final supper, before his arrest, his crucifixion, his death and resurrection. Jesus is gathered with some of the disciples. And it says Mark 14 verse three, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Some of those present were saying to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured the perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So in the final moments of Jesus' ministry, in full preparation, he was aware of the sacrifice that was to be made, of the salvation that was to come for all mankind in the moments preceding that salvation, preceding that breakthrough that was about to come, this woman came and she gave an offering. In one moment, she made an incredible sacrifice to show her adoration and to show her worship of Jesus as her Lord. Notice here that it was her sacrifice and yet everybody else had something to say. Everybody else had an opinion on what she should have done with the money or, or why she should be making this offering in a different way or, or why she shouldn't be so generous in this offering. Everybody else had an opinion, but this woman, she had an offering. And in a moment of generosity, in a moment of sacrifice, in a moment of putting herself second and Jesus first, she did something that is written in scripture throughout all of time. Notice the words that Jesus says. When everybody else is having their say, Jesus said two things. Firstly, he said it was beautiful what she had done for him. And secondly, and I love this, Jesus says she did what she could. She didn't have everything. 
She didn't have all of the answers. She didn't know every bit of information, but she did what she could. Do you know, I think God is still looking for people to do just that, to do what they can. We might not be able to do everything. We might not be able to reach everyone. We might not have all the resources of all of the money or all of the opportunities, but you and I have been entrusted with opportunities. We've been entrusted with people in our world. We've been entrusted with resources of time and finance and faith. The question is, what will we do with what's been entrusted to us? Jesus went on to say that this woman would be an example for generations. And how incredible that 2,000 years later, we're still looking back at scripture to learn from her example. That she might not have had everything, but she did what she could. In terms of us being a change in our world, that's what God is looking for from us. Not to be able to do everything, but to do something with what's been entrusted to us. Holy Island is filled with history, stories and ministries that go back 1400 years. But what started here didn't stay here, it spread. And that's what I love about this place, that it's not just about a history of people who are devoted to God, but people who are devoted to bringing change for the kingdom of God. It started, but it spread. It spread out across the north of England. And that's what you and I are called to do, not to keep to ourselves, not just to be thankful for what has happened in our past, but to take those stories, to make them testimonies, to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Earlier this month, we celebrated some of what God has done in the life of our church. We're so thankful for all he has done. Thankful for two years in Workington, for five years in Bishop Auckland, for seven years in Penrith, 11 in Barnacastle, and for what God has done in 73 years of our church in Richmond. We're so thankful for the incredible stories, the incredible people, the incredible testimonies that we have of the goodness of God. But as a church, we never want our stories to cause us to become stuck in advancing the gospel and being the change in our world. So we want to continue. We want to continue to spread the gospel. We want to continue to advance the kingdom of God. We want to continue to be God's light in our world, to be the hands and feet of Jesus across the north of England, joining the heritage and the history of many who've gone before us, who didn't keep to themselves, but told their world around them what God had done for them. In just a moment, our location pastors are gonna come and share with you in every location what it is that God has put on our hearts for this season. Because we're thankful, but we're ready to move forward, to advance and to take ground for the kingdom of God, to be the change in our world, to be God's light and the hands and feet of Jesus in our towns and in our time. But as we finish, I wanna leave you with this thought. I wanna leave you with this message. Don't wait for somebody else to be the change in your world. Don't sit back and expect someone else to do something. We're called to rise up to be the change in our world. It's like Jesus said about the woman in Mark 14. She did what she could. In our time and in our towns, we're called to do something. We can't do everything. We can't reach everyone, but you and I have been entrusted with an opportunity. Great generations have gone before us, men and women of faith. Whether it was 1400 years ago with monks and priests on Holy Island, or whether it was the person that led you to Jesus, the person that reached out to you with the gospel. 
Many have gone before us, but in this time, we've been entrusted. Entrusted with people, entrusted with resources, entrusted with money and opportunities to do something for the kingdom of God. So let's be the church in action. Let's put our faith into action and make a difference for God's kingdom. listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.